and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation as usual as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks. We're going to be talking today with Road Scholar, which does educational travel for older adults, caregivers, and grandparents. Well, ladies, I am so excited to have this conversation. We've been on the books for a while, but I think what you guys are doing at Road Scholar is incredible. And I think more people need to know about it, especially in the dementia and uh, caregiving uh, realm. So I, I like I said, I, I, I appreciate you guys all taking the time to be with us today. I'm going to ask that each of you introduce yourselves. And Anne, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Absolutely. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much for this opportunity to come speak about Road Scholar. My name is Anne Samanis, and I'm the Associate Vice President of Advancement here at Road Scholar, and I've had the pleasure of working here for nearly 24 years. Oh, wow. So you've really been around and seen how I can't imagine all the changes you guys have gone through. I have. I've seen a lot and a lot of wonderful things. Well, you look like you're you're good for the wear and tear of it all. That's for sure. <laughs> you're looking like a happy camper. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Um, Kelsey, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Kelsey Knadler Perry, and I'm the PR director at Road Scholar, and I have been here about eight years. Um, my career has been mostly in travel and tourism, and I'm excited to be at Road Scholar, um, spreading our mission of lifelong learning. Fantastic. Thank you. And Jean, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Jean McMillan, um, and I'm a traveler, I guess. I, I grew up in a family that believed in lifelong learning, and it's just kind of stuck. So it's kind of who I am. <laughs> Can't wait to hear your side of the story there about uh, Road Scholar. So that'll be fun. Um, I always start out with my very first question in terms of asking people if they've been personally touched by dementia in their own family or circle of friends. And it doesn't make any difference what your answer is. It just gives our audience a perspective. I think pretty much anyone who is a, a caregiver, care partner, care, whatever you want to call it, um, understands the overlap, you know, that occurs as we, as we age through life. So Anne, how about you? Have you been touched? Yes. My uh, maternal grandfather had dementia and um I watched my uncle be a um, primary caregiver. He he lived very close to my grandfather. And I also watched my mother be a long-distance caregiver. So I saw both of those challenges, which was really um, emotional to see in our family. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Kelsey, how about you? 
Yeah, my grandmother had Alzheimer's. Um, she passed away about 15 years ago, but she was like in her 70s, I think, when she um, was diagnosed. So it was a very kind of quick few years where she really went downhill. And it was, yep, I agree, very emotional for my family. It was my dad's mom. So um, we're all very much um, just kind of waiting to see if it affects the rest of us and, and where treatment goes moving forward. It's something that's, you know, in our family. So it's really important to us. Thank you for sharing. So, Jean, how about you? Have you been okay. inside dementia? Um, a mother-in-law had it, and it didn't affect me directly in that my husband had already passed away. But I also am now at a point where a lot of my friends are being directly affected. As we age up, you see it more frequently. Although my first friend was in her 40s when she developed Alzheimer's. Okay, thank you. Kelsey, I wanted to ask you if you can kind of set us up on you know, who is Road Scholar and how long have they been around and just kind of set the stage by telling us a little bit about the history of the organization. Yeah, I would love to. So Road Scholar has been around almost for 50 years. We're celebrating our 50th anniversary next year in 2025. Um, so when we were founded almost 50 years ago, we were founded as Elder Hostel. So a lot of people might recognize that name more than they even recognize Road Scholar. Um, and we, when we were founded um, almost, 50, almost 50 years ago, the format was a little bit different. So we were taking um, older adults to college campuses and they were staying in the dorms and they were taking classes in the lecture halls and they were eating in the dining halls. So it was really more of kind of a back to campus experience. Um, and we've always been a nonprofit since the beginning, but we've kind of evolved over the last 50 years to become more of an educational travel organization. So now you're more typically going to stay in a hotel or a retreat center. You won't be staying in dorms anymore, um, but you're still, our focus is really still on education and learning. And so all of our programs are more about experiential learning. There are still classroom elements and lectures um, incorporated in to our most of most of our programs, but it's not so much sitting in a classroom all day. You're sort of out in the field, wherever you're traveling, learning about whatever you're learning in person. Okay, great. And Jean, you have been, I've told, on 10 different programs. Um, what, what has been the difference in terms of the range? You know, were you part of Elder Hostel, you know, in, in that format at all? Or has it always been with Rhodes Scholar? So I was not involved during Elder Hostel. However, my parents started traveling with Road Scholar in 1975 when it was founded. Um, and, and they're the ones who kind of got me going on it. So the age range, uh, when I started 12 years ago, I wasn't the youngest by any stretch, but I was one of the younger ones. I, I'm 70 now, so I must have been 58 then. Yeah. And um and I just came back from a grandparent trip in Costa Rica, and the grandmother there was in her 80s and did everything with us. Oh, fun. I, I love that you're doing this grandparent thing. I love that you're doing the caregiving thing. And um, do you, I, I'm just going to throw this back to, to Kelsey quick, because I'm involved with, and not so much, I've stepped back a little bit, but there's a lot going on with um, air travel and training for TSA for people with dementia. Do you get families coming together so it's not just caregivers, but um, also maybe their loved one that might have uh, some form of dementia? 
No, I know I've definitely heard of people traveling with their their loved one who has dementia in the past, um, but it's not something that I hear a ton of. I don't know, Anne, if if you can speak to that at all. I hear it um, on occasion as well. Um, Usually people who have been traveling with Road Scholar for a while may kind of take a step down in activity level if there is dementia involved or or other um, uh, challenges to air travel or higher activity level travel. So um, definitely hear about it on occasion. We're also hearing a lot of our um, participants who are now caregivers for loved ones with dementia who are transitioning into our Road Scholar at Home programs, which is our virtual programs. Um, We actually did a a short film with the BBC last year um, with one of our participants from northern Wisconsin. I know you're not too far from there. Um, And she is a a caretaker for a caregiver, I'm sorry, for her um, for her husband who has dementia and has some other health issues as well. So that's another thing that's sort of um, related. And we're starting to see that transition for people who can't travel. Okay, fantastic. I know with the the travel stuff at my end, they work with the um, Sunflower Lanyard. And I don't know if you use that, but it's for um, disabilities, invisible disabilities and stuff. And that has been huge now that that's been opened up to people with dementia and making mm. them more secure in their travel. And then with the training that's starting to happen, you know, here in the U.S. on um you know, just with TSA and getting through all of all of that process, I know over um, seas they've been way more proactive with that than we have been here. So um, interesting, kind of fun to see all of the changes. Um, Jean, I want to hop back to you because you know you said you just came back from your grandchild, uh, you know, with your grandchild on this Road Scholar program. How how was that for you and for them in terms of I would imagine that's just such a powerful relationship building moment and, and creating memories. Yeah, it absolutely was. This is my third grandchild uh, and the third trip with Road Scholar. And what I've come back every single time is finding out that we're a lot better friends than we were before, especially with this one who was so affected by COVID. He lives quite a distance from me, about seven hours Um, So during COVID, we didn't get together for two years as he was coming up through, and um, I missed a lot, but we had a great time. Um, He told me on more than one occasion at the end of the day, boy, this was the best day, wasn't it? And he's 12, and he's too cool to be like that. So for him to say that to me really meant a lot to me, and since then, we, we got back just around the 4th of July. And since that time, I've heard from him more often than I ever did in the past. So it's pretty exciting. My other grandchildren live near more closely to me than that. Um, and I can see them more regularly, but it definitely made a huge bonding difference for us, uh, I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So was it just the two of you that went then? Yes, the uh, Road Scholar offers two different kinds of programs. One is a family program, and usually the family programs are also offered as grandparent programs, but I chose to only take a grandchild with just me. That was my decision. Um, I encouraged them to figure out where they wanted to go and where they, what they wanted to do first to go, and um, 
once they decided, we looked through all the different things that Rhodes Scholar offered, and we found things that fit all three of them so far. So I'm looking forward to one more trip to Iceland with the last grandchild this year. So, wow. What were your uh, What were your three trips that you've taken so far? Where did you guys go? The oldest grandchild, we went to England. We actually were in Oxford for a little over a week. Um, he was very interested in Harry Potter. That program's now offered in a different way. Um, but we ended up having a lot of really interesting trips, side trips, because not only do they do the things they tell you that you would expect by the title, but a lot of other things too. The second one, we went to Mexico and we traveled all around the Yucatan area, um, and learned things that I had no interest in learning when I left, but found out a lot. I'm much more... Uh, knowledgeable about Mexico than I was there. And this last one was to Costa Rica with the oldest. And it's the only time I've traveled with the 12 to 15s. My other two grandchildren were nine when I took them. So it was a little different experience being with preteens. Wow. How I just think that that is so exceptional to be able to do that. I know so often I hear people saying, you know, they want to travel, but maybe they're you know, they're alone, they don't have a partner, you know, and they they just don't know how to do it. They're not sure they're comfortable with that. And it sounds like road scholar. And I don't know if you're, you know, married or have a partner or not. But I, I'm just saying it's just such a cool way for anybody to be able to get involved and to be able to have these family packages where I would imagine you can go alone as well. Is that correct, Anne? Well, on the um, family and intergenerational programs, they are designed for multiple generations, but our regular programs for um, older adults, we welcome solo participants all the time. And it's an incredibly welcoming environment for, uh, for solo participants. Great way, if you're not sure about a location or the language, to be able to see and do so much more than you could on your own. Well, in that feeling of, uh, I think, safety and security nowadays, because travel's gotten kind of wacky out there, you know, you don't quite know what to expect. Um, I would I would think that would give people a lot of comfort. Plus, I would imagine there's some great friendships made that, um, you know, you just knock it up against people that, you know, want to explore and travel. And um, I know when we've gone on vacation, um, we always meet people. And it's just, and it's so neat to see the different cultures and to be able to, to actively learn that that's part of the structure, I think is, is really cool too. Absolutely. I, I would just add, that's um, something that we share with our, our caregiver grant recipients that you automatically have something in common because you've chosen that particular program and that subject matter. And you, you start off with that, that um, item in common and friends are really made quickly and deeply. Oh, I would imagine, uh, I, I did, it, this was years ago, but I did a cruise for um, people with dementia and their care partners. They wouldn't go to bed. I mean, they were uh, they were up <laughs> early participating in things and they stayed up late and everyone, even themselves, were surprised, but they were so energized and having so much fun and um, made lifelong friends. I mean, from all over the world, it was really just such a privilege to, to be able to watch that happen. 
Um, very, 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 very neat. But I want to go back to the, the caregiver grant. But first, I want, um, Anne, if you wouldn't mind talking about, you guys are a nonprofit organization. So what does that really mean in terms of your function and the programs that you offer? Of course, um, it's it's very unique not-for-profit organization where our mission is focused on educational travel for older adults. So um, in everything that we do, uh, we're focused on serving the older adult community with our mission of learning. We like to say um, that we focus on what you would like to learn, not what we can earn. So we uh, operate very much like a liberal arts college where we offer a wide variety and breadth and depth of programming, a wide wide variety of subject matters. Um, We also look to serve our older adult community. So we offer different activity levels, different ways of learning, different methods of learning. And as Kelsey pointed out, it's all focused on education. Oh, that is fantastic. Now, with nonprofits, sometimes they have sliding scales so that different people can participate. Is that something that you incorporate in your organization? Ever since we were founded in 1975, we have always offered financial assistance. So that is in the former form of scholarships and caregiver grants and a special scholarship for professional or retired educators. So the, the financial assistance is offered for our programs that take place in the U.S. or Canada. Okay, fantastic. Well, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with some gals from Rhodes Scholar, which serves the uh, older population in terms of travel. And it's been fascinating uh, to to talk with them. You can always rewind and go back and, and listen to the whole thing. Their website is roadscholar.org. Um, they are on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and on Facebook, you have a... Um, Kelsey, you have a, a group discussion there too, as well as a standard Facebook page. Is that correct? Yeah. So we have our regular Facebook page. And then we also have four different discussion groups that are really, really great and very engaged groups. The biggest one is the Women of Road Scholar. If you just search for Women of Road Scholar on Facebook, you'll find it. It's about 20, it's over 25,000 members now. It's a really amazing, engaged group of women who ask each other questions, share photos from their trips. Um, so you can get lots of advice and get a good feel for Road Scholar and our participants there. So there's the Women of Road Scholar, there's the Retired Teachers Travel Club, which is all for retired educators. And then we have a social justice club and we have a 50 plus outdoor adventures club as well. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Um, we are going to hear about uh, QBlocks, which is a webmaster that I, I just have to introduce you to. And then we'll be right back with Road Scholar. I also want to introduce you all to QBlocks. They have been absolutely excellent to deal with. They have been in business for 18 years and they serve the globe. I can't say enough good things about this company. I've had a lot of bad experiences. I don't know about you with tech companies. They have made a very complicated process very easy and their staff is so kind, so polite, so respectful to work with and you know, when I am frustrated and ready to pull my hair out, they just smile and tell me everything's going to be okay. And they really are just on top of the communication, which alleviates so much stress. 
as an owner when you're dealing with tech issues. You can get a 10% discount. Visit them at QBlocks at C-U-E-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com. Or you can email them at Let's Talk at QBlocks.com. For that 10% discount, just put Lori, L-O-R-I, in the inquiry form. And again, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I surely haven't been. I I can't rave enough about this company. And that's kind of rare these days. And I wanted to go back to the caregiver grant. So what exactly does that entail? And you know, I know that that probably isn't dementia specific, needless, needless to say, because there's all kinds of, of caregiver, care partners, carers, um, caretakers, that everybody has different names. And some just say, I'm a wife, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. Um, so uh, how do they find out more information? And can you explain to us a little bit more on the process of that and what they could expect? Of course. Um, We have a great deal of information at the website, which is roadscholar.org backslash caregiver. And um, the caregiver grant is a unique respite opportunity for unpaid primary family caregivers ages 50 and above to really experience a Road Scholar program and the warm, welcoming environment that one experiences on a program. Um, It is a tuition credit that is applied directly to the program that the um, applicant chooses in the U.S. or Canada. And uh, we have had a variety of different caregivers receiving the the award. Um, As you mentioned, people who are caring for loved ones with dementia. We've had caregivers who who have had long-term care of um, adult children with uh, special needs or um, or health difficulties, um, sons and daughters who are caring for parents, spouses. It really has been a, an eye-opening variety of caregivers who all really need this respite opportunity. And um, it really is a wonderful opportunity for people who are interested in an educational adventure. So with this, you know, one of the things that I always hear is like, I I want to take a vacation. I need to take a break. You know, my mental health is on the edge, but but I just can't do it. Do you find most people are able to do that while they're caring and actually take that respite or do or do they or can they take it after maybe their journey is over? It's, it's obviously a challenge and a caregiver who's taking advantage of the opportunity while actively caregiving does have some kind of support system around them where maybe an adult child could come and um, provide the respite while they're on the program. But recognizing that so many caregivers are in that intense caregiving situation and cannot take respite during active caregiving, the grant opportunity is available for up to two years after having lost a loved one for whom you're caregiving. So we do hear from a lot of people where taking the Road Scholar program is kind of the next chapter in their after caregiving lives. It's the next step in their journey and finding out what the next stage of their life will look like. We've had people who have chosen a, an area that they may want to relocate to. They've chosen a specific subject matter that they want to get back into, whether it's um, art or something that's active, like getting back into 
bike riding or um, a language. So it really is a, a wonderful, unique opportunity that we try to make available to caregivers, no matter what stage of caregiving they're in. That is so cool. I know, like when my dad died um, back in 2001, I, I didn't even know who I was. You know, you just have this hole and you are trying to figure out, people go, well, what do you like? I don't know. I haven't done anything I like for so many years, you know, you, we, we lose ourselves in that journey. So to be able to explore, and I know for me, uh, that's what I did, uh, you know, on my own was just kind of travel and try to figure out who, who do I want to be in this next chapter of my life, you know, and then I, I did a little better after my mom passed, you know, cause I had been through it once, but it was, um, you know, it was, it was really a process. So I appreciate that people can do it when they're actively caring or, you know, up to that two year um, piece. Now for the grant, does it cover all costs or a portion of costs or how does that work or does it vary per grant? It varies by the program selected. So it's a grant of up to $2,000 towards a program in the U.S. or Canada that costs up to $2,500. At a minimum, you will be asked to pay the deposit, the applicable deposit for the program you selected. And deposits range from $100 to $250. Once on the program, almost everything is included. Lectures, field trips, most meals, accommodations, transportation on the program, and and the experience with with the people with whom you're you're going to be connecting and having that social environment which is also really important for caregivers to step out of their day-to-day experience wow what's the range of cost with your programs is there a kind of a high and a low i would imagine there's quite a variety there is a wide variety. We have programs that take place in what we call retreat centers that are really focused on the educational aspect and the basics of, of accommodations and meals, lovely um, locally sourced meals. That's on the lower end, around um, $1,500, uh, sometimes with um, a single supplement included. And then we range all the way up to programs that are living and learning that take place over six weeks in a in an international location, and they cost much more than that. Unfortunately, the caregiver grant isn't available for those, but we do make it available for programs that cost up to $2,500. Okay. I was going to ask, I know that you said that there was that limit of, of the $2,500. I didn't know if, if somebody could use that grant towards it and then pay the rest. Great question. Because it is financial assistance, we do have some um, financial financial means testing, which is why we have the upper limit. Okay. So, um, so that's twenty five hundred dollars. And right now, there's about um, two hundred sixty programs available under that limit. So um, there are a lot to choose from. Wow, that that's incredible, um, Kelsey. I wanted to to go back to you and talk about kind of the range of programs. I mean, 260 programs, is that, is that in a year timeframe? I mean, that's a, that's a lot of programs. Yeah, those are, that's just the variety of programs that we have. We have thousands of programs across the country and around the world. Um, and it really, as Anne was touched on this a little bit, but, you know, we have a r- variety of activity levels, things you want to learn about, destinations, uh, price ranges, uh, duration. So the best way to kind of figure out what 
is maybe the, the, the best place to start is just to head over to our website, which is roadscholar.org. And that's R-O-A-D scholar. So make sure you spell that right, .org. And then click on the find a trip tool and you can filter all of our thousands of programs by all of those things, by activity level. Um, you can filter our grandparent programs. You can filter things like we have women's only programs. We have new programs for solos only. Um, you can search by what you want to learn about. So there's lots of different filters you can use there to kind of narrow in on some of the programs that might be the best for you. I love that you've made it so simple, you know, to really be able to zone in. Um, and I think, you know, when you do that, it's just such a door opener to for people to be able to zone in to their interests, because I would imagine, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm a unicorn out there, but you don't always know what you're interested in until it pops up and somebody's talking mm -hmm. about it. I mean, you don't know it's an option. It's kind of like uh, caregiving. You don't know what you don't know until you know you don't know it. <laughs> you know, and yeah. It comes before you. So I think to me, that's just exciting. Um, yeah. You can be able to search so many different ways. Yeah. And then also, you know, some people do, like you're saying, you don't necessarily know what you're looking for. And some people just want to still browse through an old school catalog, you know, so we do still do lots of print catalogs. And you can sign up for a catalog on our website as well, because maybe, maybe you just going to kind of leaf through and see like what what captures your attention, what sounds interesting to you, because we have hiking programs, we have bridge programs, we have language programs, you can learn how to play pickleball, watercolor. I mean, there's just just about anything you want to learn about you could find from Rhodes scholar. Oh, so cool. Now, you know, one of the things that I know, you know, as we age, I'm 64 now myself, um, is, you know, what if there's a medical emergency? How is something like that handled? Do you, um, do you recommend that people take out insurance? Or is that a mandate type thing? You know, I, I just had a somebody in one of my support groups, you know, they were out of the country and just had a medical emergency. And I mean, it could have been a nightmare for them. And uh, so how do you guys handle that? I would imagine those things come up. Yeah, I can I can take that one. So all of our programs include the Road Scholar Assurance Program, um, which is essentially like the the medical side of travel insurance. So that includes twenty four hour twenty four seven emergency support, as well as things like medical evacuation if you're outside the country, medical care, things like that. Um, and then also we do offer travel insurance as far as cancellation insurance as at an extra cost, and we always encourage that because you never know what's going to happen leading up to your program, and it's going to cause you to maybe have to cancel or or delay your trip. Um, so we always encourage everybody to get that upgrade to add on the extra travel insurance as well. But we do include that assurance program, that health benefit in all of our programs. It's included in the cost. We know how important that is for people, for older adults. And so we have that included in the cost of all of our programs. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I would think that's just a relief. And and I know like when I was a younger traveler, I didn't think of that, you know, because you, you just like, ah, I can handle anything, you know, but it's like now, I mean, we have all these bugs and diseases and I mean, there's just so many weird things and the weather and I mean, there's so many things that can come up plus, you know, yourself um, possibly, you know, getting sick and, and. Yeah, or a loved one, a family member too. So exactly. Now, Kelsey, you had also mentioned um, briefly that, you know, somebody might not want to take a physical trip, but do an online one. Tell us about that, because I think that sounds really interesting, too, for many. 
Yeah, so we developed our virtual programs um, during the pandemic out of necessity, you know, because nobody was traveling. And it was something that we'd always thought about and talked about doing, but the pandemic was the thing that really made us just focus on it and, and really develop those programs. So first we've worked on um, launching our virtual lectures, our online lectures, which are a, an hour long. And they're usually, most of them are $25, but we do have at least one month that's free. So you can come in. It's it's a great way also to kind of just try Road Scholar out if you have never traveled with us and you just want to get a taste for what our educational programming is like. Um, so we have those virtual lectures available. We have um, many of those every month. And then we also have our adventures online, which are multi-day online programs. And those are where you have several, several, several hours per day of programming. And um, they're all small group. And so for those, we have all of the participants, we invite them to turn their cameras on so that they can be, uh, you know, actively involved in the discussions and conversations, um, because we really want to try to create that travel experience as much as possible online. We know it's never quite the same when you're sitting at home in front of a computer, but we try to recreate it as much as possible. So all of our online programs are live and interactive. You can ask questions to um, the instructors. You're learning from the same instructors that you would learn from in Prague or Italy or Africa if you were actually on a program. So you have access to these global um, experts from all over the world to learn from, to ask questions. And also you get to meet other participants and interact with them as well, because that social element that's so important on our in-person programs is also something we wanted to incorporate into those um, online programs as well. I love that you have them be interactive. I, I just think that because so often you you see, well, you can watch, you know, a travel show and you're just kind of sitting there, but it's that, that chit chat and that camaraderie and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I think that to, can just enhance the, the experience there. I wanted to ask Jean, if there was anything that you wanted to add, you know, if you, if you were talking to family, which, which we are right now, what would you, what would you say to them about Road Scholar? I would say that the group that you decide to travel with always what makes you feel very welcome. I've gone all solo with one exception. Um, and I never have felt like I was an outsider in the group. However, I also always buy the single supplement because at the end of the day, I like my alone time and they still included me to whatever extent I wanted. It didn't matter whether it was a trip where there were a lot of couples, whether it was mostly single people or or single travelers, because a lot of times people will go and they're not and they're married, but the partner doesn't want to go for whatever reason. But by the end, it's kind of like the first two weeks of going to college where you're getting to know everybody. And it's just a very comfortable situation to be in. Um, very welcoming. You're traveling with people who have the same interests that you have, or they wouldn't have picked that trip. And I've made some friends. There are six from one trip in particular that we still stay in touch all the time. It's probably every three or four months we hear from each other. Wonderful. Have Have you set up any other like travel trips with some of these friends in the future, or is just more of a connection that you keep? It just happens that we all had different interests and went our own ways, but we share through Facebook, we share all of our pictures. So it's almost like going to Japan or one went on a safari in Africa. Um, they they tend to put the pictures on and you can almost, it's it's a bit like being there um, from a distance. And, and uh, it's just nice to know that there are people who 
felt so comfortable that they still stay in touch with you. I think that's, that's a huge piece of it. Oh yeah. Developing those friendships and that, that comfort, especially in this day and age where the, you know, society's gotten a little tense in terms of, do I talk to somebody or don't I, you know? And, and uh, so that, that's wonderful, wonderful to hear with that. Anything else that you'd like to like to tell people or think that we should mention that we've missed? I think that um, I was very nervous the first time I went uh, and I chose a trip that was almost three weeks. And my goal, because I owned a business still, was to go as far away as I could where they couldn't call me on the cell phone, but they spoke English. Um, and I went away. <laughs> I went away really nervous, hadn't ever left the country other than Canada and Mexico. And um, I came back a totally new person. Um, I just felt free. I felt like I had so many more things to offer to the world again. I was exhausted when I left and came back just ready to go. And I've never stopped traveling since. And it was Road Scholar that got me started. Wow, that's mm -hmm. fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. And anything that, that we haven't discussed that you think we need to? Um, I would just add um, to Kelsey's wonderful description of the Adventures Online, the multi-day online courses. We offer scholarships for those as well. So uh, I think that's a wonderful option for caregivers who might not be able to travel on site, but um, they still have an interest in going to Istanbul or Antarctica and can um, maybe log on for a couple hours a day. We also hear from caregivers who um, on their own or with their loved one will do some armchair travel looking through the Road Scholar catalog. And um, within the catalog, we, we offer a lot of information about the location, um, other tidbits of educational information, and um, have heard some really heartwarming stories from, from people who have paged through with their, their loved one who has dementia. And sometimes it can um, spark some memories that, of travel that are, are very meaningful to, to both the caregiver and the patient. Yeah, that reminiscing is so important. And it, there's, a, there's a new study I just got in my email, and I can't remember who's doing it, but it's about lucid moments. You know, and it's amazing what can trigger that lucid moment where they're just back in and they're not missing a beat at all it's it's a pretty beautiful thing to to experience and, and be part of so what is the biggest change that you've seen and you know in all your years here i mean it sounds it, it seems like you guys have really um gone through a lot of probably growing pains too with with a lot of the switching up and things but what have you seen as the the biggest changes and the biggest benefits uh to those that that travel with Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. 
You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I would say the biggest change has been technology. Um, I started about six months after we started accepting credit cards online, uh, which was a big deal. And now we're offering multi-day programs online and have an incredibly robust website with so much information, so many tools for travel. And um, it's just really a wonderfully interactive tool to, to find and take a program, whether it's online or in person. Um, but the benefit has remained the same since I've since I started and from even people I spoke with uh, way back who started a, in 1975, like Jean's parents, the benefit is the, the engagement and the exercising of body and mind and addressing um, a really important issue with seniors. And that's the, the um, issue of loneliness that again, when you choose a program, you're joining truly a group of friends and the friendship can continue as, as Jean pointed out. We heard from a lot of people throughout the pandemic who kept in touch and continue to keep in touch to this day. So um, our mission has not changed. And while uh, the technology has, we are still seeing the same outcomes of, of the benefits of educational adventures. Wonderful. So when somebody books with you, do you book travel for them or do they have to book their own travel? I can take that one. Um, so most of our um, programs, the flights are not included in the price of, of the program. If you're traveling internationally, we do have a travel services department that can book the flights for you. So they can take care of all that. And um, then if you book your flight through us, then you also get a free transfer included from the airport right to the hotel. So everything can be included. Some people still like to book their stuff on their own if they, you know, have specific airlines that they like to use or, you know, that kind of thing. But we can book the international flights for you. If you're traveling domestically, then you do um, have to get yourself to the program on your own. But we do also on our website have um, information on all the programs on where and when the program begins. So it's very easy to figure out how to get there. Okay. Even the you know, booking of a flight and things like that has gotten so much easier too. But just to know when you land that, you know, things are in place. Now, what if somebody has um, food allergies or something like that it, it, with meals? Are those included or are some of them included? Um, yeah, we we ask when people enroll in the program if they have any dietary restrictions and we try to we try our best to accommodate just about everyone. If you have any if anyone out there is listening and you have any specific dietary restrictions that you're worried about, just give us a call. We have a team of amazing advisors who can help you find the perfect the, the best program for you and the best fit. Okay. And Jean, you had your hand set up. Did you have a comment? Yes. Actually, I have to be a bit cautious with some foods. And I have just found that always they accommodate any problem, any concern. If they're only offering a food that is going to have an allergy-related item in it for me, I've always had an option of going elsewhere. And I know vegetarians, vegans are all accommodated whenever possible as well. Wonderful. What about mobility um, issues and stuff? You know, do they need to bring their own equipment or can you line up wheelchairs and stuff for them or walkers or, you know, even some people, I suppose, even with oxygen, Kelsey, how's, how are those types of things handled? 
You know, that's a good question. I, uh, you know, I would say as far as mobility restrictions, it's very similar with dietary restrictions that we we try to accommodate anybody to find the right, you know, we can find a program for just about anybody. Just give us a call and we'll talk you through your specific needs and find the right program for you. I'm not sure, Anne, about renting equipment. I've never had that question before. Do you know that answer? It depends on the program. There are some programs where we can provide equipment. Okay. Well, this has just been a wonderful conversation and just, I think, uh, such a great, great resource on so many levels for so many people out there. I'm just going to ask once again, if there's anything that we have missed that we should state. Jean, any last comments? I'd say if you are even thinking about it, go for it. If there's any way you can, I have taken some of the online lectures and they're an excellent way to find out if you're interested even more in going into another subject. Um, My upcoming trip next November is based on a lecture I took about a month ago. Oh, wonderful. And anything that that, uh, you've thought of just in this time period that we should discuss? Just to thank Jean for, for her comment to go for it. I love it. Yeah, that, that is, um, I mean, everything Jean has said is it's just nice to hear from somebody on the experiential side, you know, of what it's really like. Um, I, I just think uh, I just think it sounds wonderful. Absolutely amazing. Um, Kelsey, anything that you'd like to add? Yeah, not not that we've missed, but Jean did touch on a little bit on solo travel, and I just kind of wanted to echo that a little bit more and give some stats that um, twenty to thirty, twenty five to thirty percent of our participants every year are solo travelers, and um, as Jean also mentioned, many of those are married women who travel without their husbands. We just recently did a study on this, and we found that over sixty percent of our solo travelers are actually married and leave their spouses at home to travel. So I find that really just inspiring and empowering um, that. That, you know, people are going to are going to go and see the world and um, and not not have to feel like they have to stay home with their spouse and that, you know, couples feel independent and trusting enough that they can go off and do different things. So I think that's really interesting. And, you know, again, if you're if you're traveling solo, almost almost all the time you're going to come on a program, you're going to meet other solo travelers. It's very rare for there not to be another solo traveler on the program. And um, Jean mentioned that she pays a single supplement because she wants her own room. But Road Scholar also does offer a unique roommate matching option as well. So you can save on that single supplement. So if you don't mind sharing a room and you and or if you just want to meet somebody on the program, um, if you're a very social person, then that's an option as well. So that's kind of something that that we didn't touch on that I thought was interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, you know, in wrapping up again, I hope my audience found this information as fascinating and hopeful and exciting as I did, because I I just think it's fantastic what you guys are doing. And I always ask our listeners to be a giver of hope, like click and share, um, you know, these interviews, there are people out there that you don't know that are thinking, gosh, I'd like to do something, but I'm not quite sure, you know, what or how and and um, this might just spark their interest in terms of reaching out and doing something a little bit, little bit different. I mean, look at Jean, you know, she started and she hasn't stopped yet, you know, and, and her <laughs> parents were involved with this. I just think that that is cool in and of itself. And she's pulling her grandkids into the program and, and getting them out there. Um, the options are just endless with this. So please, please like, click and share and um, visit their site. Again, it's roadscholar.org. We'll have everything in the show notes for you. They are on Facebook, Instagram, and then they have those Facebook groups as well. So you can talk with other people 
and you know find out what their experience has been and what their likes are and um, that might spark some interest there i love the also the online uh things that you guys are doing too for those who aren't comfortable traveling and the grant program for the caregivers it's like woohoo that's just absolutely <laughs> fantastic so thank you for all you do i also want to mention that um, Kelsey's email will be available in the show notes and, um, and, uh, you know, if you need to contact Ann or Jean, you can just ask Kelsey, uh, to connect you, uh, with that. But, um, I think you'll be set and ready to go with all that contact information. So again, thank you ladies. Um, very, very exciting, um, to see all you're doing and, and how you're changing as the world is changing too, with the needs. So, I, I had to laugh, you know, when Ann said, you know, when you first started taking credit cards online, because that's just a given. And there's probably young people listening going, what? <laughs> what how did you pay? You know? <laughs> um, but we've gone through an awful lot of changes um, through through the eras and stuff. And it's nice to see a company really step up and adapt and expand to, to meet the needs. One question I didn't ask, and I, and I guess I will, um, be, before I end the show. And that is, can people suggest, you know, trips and programs to you? And do you look at that? Or is that something that's just done internally? And Kelsey, I'll throw that to you. Of course, we're always looking for more ideas. We really see ourselves as an innovative, or, innovative organization. And so anything that's, that you feel like is, I mean, we do offer thousands of programs and there's pretty much something for everyone. But if you think something is missing or there's a place that you want to go or something you want to learn about, absolutely reach out to me or reach out to Road Scholar. And we, we are always open to ideas. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay. And I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.